Good morning, good morning, and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a Vision for You Big Book study, the 7 a.m. Eastern Standard Time meeting. My name is Monica T., and I am a recovered compulsive overeater in Florida. And today is Tuesday, April 10th, 2018. And today we are reading from the big book. We are in the chapter We Agnostics. We are on page 49. We will start this morning with the first full paragraph instead of regarding ourselves, and two paragraphs will be read and comments taken on both. And today's readers are the 12 Steps, Tenzin P, 12 Traditions, Eve K. Our text readers today are Marcella M, Martha Z, Craig F. Our newcomer greeter is Ruth H, and the host for the second hour is Rebecca B. The share ID for yesterday, Monday, April 9th, the 7 a.m. Eastern Time Meeting, is 11,270, 11270. And the share ID for yesterday's 10 a.m. Eastern Time Meeting is 11,271, 11271. OA Preamble. Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who, through shared experience, strength, and hope, are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose, OA's fifth tradition states, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At a Vision for You Big Book study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and the 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. And I will now ask Tenzin P. to read the 12 steps of OA for us, please. Good morning, everyone. Um, Here are the steps we took, which are suggested as a program of recovery. One, we admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, we're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, 
made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. Ten, continued to take personal inventory and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. Eleven, sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. Twelve, having had a spiritual awakening as the result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to compulsive eaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Thank you very much. Thank you, Tenzin P. I will now ask Eve K. to read the 12 traditions of OA for us, please. Hi, good morning. This is Eve K., a compulsive overeater from Brooklyn, New York. The 12 traditions. One, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. 10, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues, hence the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. 11, our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, films, television, and other public media of communication. And 12, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. Have a wonderful day, everyone. Thank you, Eve Kay. How our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and the literature that we are discussing, and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. I will time and say time when three minutes are up. Singleness of purpose reminds us 
to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinent requirement for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. There is no abstinent requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star one to unmute. Once you are done sharing, let us know by saying pass, then press star one to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone except the speakers should be muted. Today, we resume our study of the big book. We are in the chapter We Agnostics. We are on page 49. We will be reading paragraph 1 and 2, starting with, instead of regarding ourselves, ending with, we should have sought ourselves, and I'm going to ask Marcella M. if she would read this for us, please. Thank you, Monica. Instead of regarding ourselves as intelligent agents, spareheads of God's ever-advancing creation, we agnostics and atheists chose to believe that our human intelligence was the last word, the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end of all. Rather vain of us, wasn't it? We, who have traveled this dubious path, beg, to lay, beg you to lay aside prejudice, even against organized religion. We have learned that whatever the human frailties of various faiths may be, those faiths have given purpose and direction to millions. People of faith have a logical idea of what life is all about. Actually, we used to have no reasonable conception whatever. We used to amuse ourselves by cynically dissecting spiritual beliefs and practices when we might have observed that many spiritually minded persons of all races, colors, and creeds were demonstrating a degree of stability, happiness, and usefulness which we should have sought ourselves. Good morning, everybody. My name is Marcella M. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater. And um, so I never knew that I was an agnostic until I came to a vision for you. I was born in a very religious country, in a very religious family. And I grew up, I was raised, you know, with setting aside time to pray and and meditate and celebrate and and and, and observe rituals and practices and 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 ponder, you know, on the belonging to a larger group of people. But I didn't have a, like it says here, I didn't have a reasonable conception of life because I thought that I could be very close to God and eating compulsively as I was. Um, I thought that one thing didn't interfere with the other. I thought that I could um, ingest large amount of food and um, and I, I thought that I could be in chronic digestion all of my life. And I thought that I could count calories and grams of fats and grams of carbs and still be very close to God. It was not until I really um, hit bottom, a very, very dark bottom that included alcohol, amphetamines, and opioids, trying to control my 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 eating, um, that I realized that I was absolutely useless useless and completely removed from my experience of God. So I I went to AA first and I I stopped drinking and using pills and surprise, surprise, I started eating compulsively. And I was 18 months sober and clean when I 
I came to a vision for you. And, and, and when I stop eating compulsively with the help of all of you and, and with the knowledge of the experience of God that I had already, I was amazed. Now I understand that absolutely everything that I put inside of my mouth either brings me closer to God or farther away from God. It's one or the other. Now I totally understand why in my religion we say a little prayer before eating and after eating because eating is a religious experience in my religion. And and, and now... It is not only a religious experience just with the people that share my faith. It is a spiritual experience that connects me with absolutely everybody who is in this line. I feel connected to people from all over this country and other countries. Recently, I had the privilege of traveling to Spanish-speaking countries, studying the big book over weekends in Spanish. And most of the people in Spanish countries don't share my religion, and yet... I feel so connected to everybody who has suffered the alcoholic torture that is compulsive overeating. And and the level of connection, thank you, connection that I feel I would never change for any bite of any food. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you. Thank you, Marcella. And who would like to comment on these two paragraphs? Lisa B. Nicole C. in California. I heard Lisa, I heard Nicole, there was somebody in between. Leia S. Leia S. Bassa O. Shannon F. Okay, this is what I've got. Lisa B, Nicole, I didn't get a C, I think. I didn't quite get that. Leia S, Vasa O, Shannon F. Was there someone I missed? Okay, we'll go with that. Lisa B., you're up, and then it'll be Nicole C. Good morning. My name is Lisa B. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater in Greenville, South Carolina. Thank you, Monica, for your service. Um, you know, I was thinking about this reading this morning and the word beg. That's such a strong word that he chose to use. It means implore, plead, beg, beg. Um He's trying to save us from killing ourselves, you know, and I, I do that sometimes with others when I, when I work with them. I beg them, you know, I beg them. And then I was looking at that word beg. It's also used in how it works, and it says we beg of you to be fearless and thorough. And, you know, I just found from my own experience that um, I'm not going to see it until I am at the point of seeing that there's just no other option. I can't beg others, and I can't beg myself. And I know in Doctor's Opinion, he talks about, um, oh, my gosh, you know the word. I can't think of it, but that, that stuff. Uh, frothy emotional appeal. It just never works. It never works. And then I was looking at the word intelligent agent. And he's saying instead of, instead of looking at myself as, as an arm that goes out, you know, form a higher power, almost like the hand, you know, and, and my higher power is operating the hand. You know, I chose to see myself as the almighty, the, the beginning and the end. And I wasn't able to set that aside until I was in enough pain. And it's just sad that pain is the greatest motivation. 
for it. Food will always take me to the nth degree. And then I was thinking about um, that word beg again, and this is what I wanted to share, my own experience, strength, and hope. Every step of the way, there is a pitfall that I could take. I could just rest on my laurels. You know, once I see, oh, I'm really at step one. But if I'm truly at step one, I see I'm going to die. I need to go on step two. Once I see step two, you know, I, I can't stop. There's never a stopping. Even when I get to step 12, I can never stop. I'll never arrive. I will always be going deeper, deeper levels. And that's through the inventory and through all these steps. I can never stop. You know, I can never stop and rest. And that's why I think he's begging. So that I pass. Thank you. Thank you, Lisa B. Nicole, I think it's C. You'll have to let me know. Nicole, you're up, and then it'll be Leah S. Yes. Can you hear me, Monica? Yes. Yes. It's Nicole C. I'm in California. I'm a compulsive overeater. Uh, I, I really enjoyed the comments just heard. I also love the word big right here because it's so strong and I try to think about it in terms of any time I've used the word big. I don't use it with a lot of my language. I use it when I'm desperate to find the right words to convince somebody. Like, I don't know how else to, to ask you to do this, but I just beg you to do it. You know, please do it, please. Um, and I really loved in the first paragraph when it says, we agnostics and atheists. So I like how it doesn't say you agnostics and you atheists, it's we, it's, it's us, right? Those that are in our group that are agnostics and atheists chose to believe that our human intelligence was the last word, the alpha and the omega. That is what will kill me. That is what will kill me. As soon as I start to think I know, I know, I know, I am in really big trouble because that did nothing for me before I came to OA. Nothing. It did not save me. Every time I told myself, I know that if I eat this, I'm going to gain weight, but I'll start my diet tomorrow. You know, intelligence did nothing for me. Self-knowledge did nothing for me. And it killed me. It just about killed me. And when I, when I hear in myself or in others that, you know, I just don't understand how a power greater than myself is going to solve my problem, what I, what I tell myself and others is all that matters is that I know that I'm not God. I'm not God. I can't stop a wave. I can't tell a tree to grow faster. Um, you know, and I can't will myself to have a third arm. Um, my body's designed as it is. I didn't design it. Um, and that's, that's basically all I need to know to make a beginning is that I'm not the last word. I'm not the omega. Um, and if I'm going to recover, I need to be desperate enough to, to be willing to believe that. I need to be desperate enough to think, okay, maybe, just maybe, there's something more powerful than me or than any other human that can solve my problem. Thank you very much for letting me share. Thank you, Nicole C. 
Leah S., you're up, and then it'll be Vasa O. Thank you very much. Good morning, everyone. Good morning, Monica. My name is Leah S., and I'm a very grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater from Brooklyn. Um, I I came into this program, and I was an angry person, but I didn't um, come because I needed you to tell me how angry I was or how resentful I was at certain people. I needed to lose weight. So um, what is all this talk about uh, being uh, resentful and studying the big book and starting to do all these assignments? Once I became abstinent, it became very, very crystal clear to me how resentful I am and what I do about those resentments. There was no solution for me. The solution was my food. But I didn't really connect. It was that connection that finally made me realize, you know what? Every time you get angry, Leia, you reach for the food. And, and and this is what it's all about. This program is going to explain to you that you do not have to be angry and you do not have to reach for the food every time something else comes up in your life. And And that was an interesting thought and an interesting twist to everything that I had thought about dieting. I got new lenses, and um, what I want, what I also want to point out is that it, you know, it doesn't mean that I don't get angry today, but today I know that is a luxury that is not for me. I cannot stay angry, but I'm aware of that anger, and being aware of that anger brings me right back to my trust in my higher power. And that is the way that that, that keeps me back right into focus of, of doing my 12 steps. Thank you for letting me share. I pass. Thank you, Leah S. Vasa O. You're up, and then it'll be Shannon F. Thank you. Good morning, everyone. Thank you, Monica T., for your service. And I'm Vasa, grateful, recovered, compulsive leader calling from Florida, and I have never been so more connected to God and the people in this program over the years than ever before, and I just feel so much like at home, you know, I can spill my guts, I can share about anything here, and I'm accepted and I'm not judged, and, you know, it's just amazing. This program is just a gift from God. And talking about um, begging or something like that, I remember when I came to, you know, every time we go to meetings, how the program worked, how the program, how it works. And I remember paying very attention, especially at the beginning, of the beginning. And it was taken, you know, from the big book. Really, have we seen a person fail who has thoroughly followed our path? And I'm not going to go through the whole thing, but I'm going to go to, like it says, some of us 
we bought, we thought we could find is the easiest, softer way, but we could not. With all the earnestness at our command, we beg of you to be fearless and thorough from the very start. Some of us have tried to hold on to our old ideas, and the result was nil until we let go absolutely. Remember that we deal with food, cunning, baffling, powerful. Without help, it is too much for us, but there is one who has all power, and that one is God. May you find him now. And I was ready, and I was ready to find a higher power. I was ready to surrender because I, it was killing me. This food was going to kill me. And uh, and then gradually, yes, that I have gone back to church, you know, and uh, and I go to a different church than the church than than with the church that I grew up. I I was in a communist country. We were thought there was no God in in school, and um, people were mocked, and they were they lost jobs, you know, teachers and doctors, whoever were practicing the religion, and they lost, you know, again. And then I started believing more what they believed, you know, what we were taught in church, and I did go to church in, you know, in my religion, and I grew up with fearful punishing God, and I, there was God hanging up in the wall. I was terrified, a picture of God, you know. And uh, I was uh, a lot of mixed feelings, a lot of confusion in my head. I like the higher power better. And today, I'll wrap it up. Today is my higher power, which is I call God. I go to church, but this is my church. If I had to make a choice, this is who I would stay with. Thank you, and I pass. Thank you, Vasa O. Shannon F., it's your turn. Hi there, this is Shannon F. Can I be heard? Yep. Awesome. Um, good morning to everybody here. Um, the big line that jumped out at me is um, we used to amuse ourselves by cynically dissecting spiritual beliefs and practices. This is kind of a little bit of off a, uh, I think it was a little bit indirect on the point, but it really just resonates with me. Um, I started to notice a similarity between the field I work in, which is sales and spirituality. And when I started to work the 12 steps over both aspects, and I started to notice that there's a place in me that likes to analyze a lot of details about something that could possibly help me, which included God. But thankfully, I I never like overanalyzed the concept of God, just because I wanted to feel God. I wanted to feel that higher sensation of love and oneness. But when I started to work with trying to offer tools or certain things like that to humanity in general, I would find some certain people that would analyze every single detail um, about something, and they would never actually get to the point of being able to use a product or a tool of something that was being offered them because they get stuck in analysis paralysis. And I found myself relating to this quote that says, we beg of you to lay aside prejudice. And I remember, you know, and I still to this day, I've experienced myself going through this where I'm in my head thinking, God, if you could just like 
let go of analyzing every single detail. We could get somewhere and I could offer something that might help you. But when people, including myself, are getting the thrill of playing God and dissecting anything from a tool to a spiritual belief or anything like that, it's almost like we miss the boat that could possibly help us float along. Um, So I found that, like, if I'm in left brain logic mode where I'm trying to analyze every single detail where I want God to look like A squared plus B squared equals C squared, I am making that that hole so narrow that I can't actually get all the benefits of spirituality. Yes, logic is definitely important, but if it's coming from a place of I want to analyze the details so I can feel powerful, so I can look smart, so I can feel like I'm I'm on the top, then it's coming from roots that are, are pretty poisoned, they're roots that are pretty sickly. But if I'm doing um, analyzation from a place of I'm curious, I want understanding, I want it to help me feel more connected with a higher power, that's a little bit different from my understanding. So I try with the, these kinds of paragraphs, ask, am I trying to like look at um, analyzing or maybe understanding spiritual beliefs from a place? Oh, I'll just pass. That's enough. <laughs> Thank you, Shannon F. Oh, here I am talking, and I muted myself. <laughs> we are on page 49, the first and second paragraph. And who w- else would like to share this morning? Allison L. Larry, from Florida. Larry K. Allison L. Larry K. Amy G. Say that again. Amy G. Amy. And I, somebody's talking very softly. Please say your name oh, Liz again. S. Liz. Yes. F. Okay. Very good. Thank you. Anybody else? Okay. Well, this is what we've got right now. Allison L., Larry K., Amy G., Liz F. Allison, you're up. Good morning. Can you hear me? Yes. Okay. Well, I wanted to say I was raised... Oh, let me get my hair off. I was raised by a humanist who believes that humans are the highest power a socialist who liked to be very um, giving towards other people. And um, I grew up in an alcoholic family where I knew intuitively I was completely powerless because I couldn't do anything for myself in that family. And I was very out of control and intuitively sought a higher power and looked for many religions to try to help me. But I couldn't find help until I joined the 12-step programs. And I joined two of them and got the miracle of each of them. And I realized why the miracle happened for me was because I was willing to submit myself to the directions and follow them. And when I got to this program, I thought, oh, my God, I have to submit to not overeating first and can see that I'm an overeater. And that's been very difficult, but the miracle is beginning to happen now that I'm working the steps. And I wanted to say this prayer, that each day I say a prayer of gratitude 
God, thank you for not not having me be resentful today. Thank you for keeping me out of controlling situations. Thank you for keeping me from taking a drink and from compulsive overeating. Now, please help me get up this morning. Thank you. I pass. Thank you, Allison L. Larry Kay, you're up, and then it'll be Amy G. Thanks for your service, Monica. The, um, you know, we, we, we chose to believe that our human intelligence was the last, last word, the alpha and the omega. What comes my, to mind for me is self-righteousness. You know, it's, what is it about human beings where we, where we give unsolicited advice, advice not asked for? And oftentimes I would soften that as a suggestion. That made it palatable to me, but it, was, it wasn't asked for. You know, what is it about human beings that give unsolicited advice? You know, personalities, maybe who are known as alpha personalities, are the most frequent advice givers. And unsolicited advice givers tend to be rigid in the way they approach life in general. I know that was true for me. Maybe I'm a little bit different today by the grace of God. You know, is that the recovery promised? Well, let me check what the big book promises. It says, and we have ceased fighting anything or anyone. See, my intelligence, it was God-given, this capacity to develop that intelligence. And rather, you know, my, my problems, I think, really stemmed from misuse of that intelligence. I could take anything. I could eat. Eating's good. I misused it, that God-given instinct. Same with the use of my intelligence. I misused it. I mean, the misuse of an, uh, an engine in a car cannot be blamed on the size or the power or the capacity of the engine, right? What if the application of personal power through intelligence was in fact a hindrance to, to truly surrendering? I think that might be the case. You know, how do we capitulate to a power greater than ourselves if each day we get up in the morning, you know, and, and put on our proverbial cap and gown, right? Masters of our destiny, the alpha and the omega of our existence, the personal, prote- big one was the personal protector of my pride. I, I will be the guard of my pride. You know, who goes there? No one enters this sacred fortress but me. And yet I'm utterly baffled why I remain a prisoner of this disease. You know, br- bring on the frosting. <laughs> Thank God that part of this thing is humility. It's a big, big thing. Humility is what, what evolves. With that, I'll pass. Thanks. Thank you, Larry Kay. Amy G., it's your turn, and then it'll be Liz F. Good morning, Mike. Thank you so much for your service. My name is Amy G. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater in Maryland. Thank you, everyone, for an awesome meeting and keeping me sane and horrendous traffic here. Um, Rather vain of it, vain of us, wasn't it? I just have to look at that. It stands out to me today. You know, I I don't consider myself a a braggart or or um, a power monger or or vain or you know any of those things. And yet, like Larry was talking about, I wanted to run the show. I wanted to be the decider of my destiny, and. You know, we talked about yesterday about that perverse streak that we could believe in a lot of things, but when it came to God, all of a sudden we come to a screeching halt. I mean, look, I have no problem sticking the keys in the ignition, turning the keys, and and pressing the gas pedal. I don't need to know how it works. 
I don't even care to know how it works. I just want to get in my car and I want to go. But as soon as someone talks to me about God, it involves me, myself, and I, and frankly, my pride and my ego. And they talk about in this program, this is a program of ego reduction. And I understand that because who was blocking the sunlight of the spirit in this program? It was me for the first five years because I didn't want to entirely let go of wanting to run the show. I mean, and that's what the world says, you know, use your mind. I grew up in a family of professors. Your intellect was the alpha and the omega. Your willpower, pull yourself up by your bootstraps. You can do anything you set your mind to. I grew up with all of that. And yet faced with the devastation of this disease, I had to come at some point to this, you know, I can't say I came to my agnosticism um, dishonestly. You know, I tried what I thought was the God way. I had these prejudices and these preconceived motion, uh, preconceived notions, but yet faced against this disease where I couldn't stop putting food in my mouth, then something had to give. Eventually something had to give or I was going to die of this disease. And when presented in whom the problem, presented with this program in whom the problem had been solved, saying, look, you don't have to get it all. You just don't have to be the higher power right now. You have to let go. Because of this mental obsession, I can't fix myself. And with that humility and taking of step one, step two and three became easier for me. It was a sort of a forced feeding of humble pie, so, so be it, but it was what needed to happen for me to get myself out of the driver's seat and start listening to those in whom the problem had been solved and what is written in this book and let go of the whole God thing and trust that if others who are agnostic and that, that, you know, we got a whole chapter dedicated to agnosticism. They knew this was a huge issue through experience. So we got a whole chapter on this so we can learn about how to let go and eventually become transformed to where we believe in a higher power as each individual de- decides it. But I didn't need to take that on right now. I just needed to let go and get myself out of the way and let this program start working. And that will pass. Thanks. Thank you, Amy G. Liz F., it's your turn. Hi, it's Liz S., recovered in New Hampshire. Um, I was uh, was, uh, seventh grade. I walked away from Catholic school and never looked back because uh, we were taught that if you were good, you went to heaven. If you were bad, you went to hell. There was no in between. And it was years and years and years, and I stopped going to church and had no desire to go to church. And I watched my grandmother go to church every day. And I just cynically, I, I just thought she was the greatest fool. I I really was cynical and could not understand why this woman believed in God, believed in church. And I was mildly horrified. And when I came into OA and when I started reading the big book and also came into vision and began to understand why and uh, she lived with an active alcoholic all her life and had to raise four children and I slowly began to get it and when she died and I really thought about it I really got it and her going to church and her belief and her faith probably kept her alive. And her going to church every day and her 
belief in her God or her higher power that I walked away from probably sustained her life living with this man who was an active alcoholic and, and died from his disease. And it really had to give me pause to rethink this God idea that sustained her and helped her to manage and raise her children and not fall apart. And uh, with that, I pass. Thank you. Thank you, Liz. All right, we're on page 49, paragraphs one and two. And who else would like to share this morning? Darian K. Darian. Leslie M. Leslie. Carly Z. Say that again, please. Carly Z. Harley, V is in Victor. Harley, Z is in zebra. Gotcha. Thank you very much. Who else? Okay, we'll go with that. Darian K, Leslie M, Carly Z. Go ahead, Darian. Hi, this is um, Darian K. I'm in the beautiful snowy Berkshires of Massachusetts. Can't believe it's snowing. <laughs> so sad. Um, I'm just so grateful for this meeting, as always. I, I always share that. I feel like it's a gift I have get to open every day um, at 7 in the morning when I drive to work. Um, I was just thinking about higher power. And, um, you know, when I was growing up, I, I felt like I was the most religious one because I ended up, you know, getting bathmissed and, and uh, knowing how to read Hebrew. And I don't know. It's it's kind of a strange thought that I felt like I was, you know, in tune with my higher power just because I did those few things or ate, you know, certain foods at certain holidays. Of course, the food addict would think that. <laughs> um, but, you know, that surely didn't give me the higher power I have today. My higher power is very different today. It's a practical God. It's a It's a God within me. It doesn't reside in a synagogue or church, although I've been in many more church basements to meeting than I ever was um, before program. Um, and, you know, I was, I was actually thinking about what happened last week. I, um, I was at um, a hospital in Boston with my boyfriend, and <clears throat> we were, our appointments were running late, and we finally went downstairs to the cafeteria for lunch, and it was like 4.30, and what a crazy time for lunch, but um, I knew I needed my meal, so I went down there, and someone called my name, and it was my first sponsor from program over 30 years ago, and I saw her, and I hugged her, and she's still doing the program 34 years later, and she's still beautiful, and she has still everything that I want, and that was my higher power in the beginning. My higher power was Patty, and I even had a little sticker on one of my, my For Today books that said Patty Power. It was, it was, I think, a peppermint patty, but it was, it was a sticker, and I put it on there. I just I felt like I had power from this person who had everything that I wanted, um, including being tall, but I didn't get that. Um, but, you know, that's, that was my first you know, introduction to a higher power, I think, in the program, and then also the meetings. The meetings were, I just felt so filled up when I left 
that meeting um, in particular, certain ones. And so I feel like I've obviously transformed a lot from the beginning, but when I was a newcomer, that's what I needed. I needed people to be my higher power. I needed meetings to be my higher power. I needed little signs here and there. And, um, you know, whatever it takes, I think, is what, I, what the message is that I'd like to give, is whatever it takes, just as long as it's not you. And if you can go to bed, thank you, if you can go to bed at night, close your eyes, and you are abstinent, and you stuck to what your program is, and you were kind to others, and you did the very best you could, that's your higher power. I really believe that. That's, that's my higher power working in my life. Thank you so much. Bye-bye. Thank you, Darian K. Leslie M., it's your turn, and then it'll be Carly Z. Good morning, Monica. Thank you for your service. This is Leslie M. I'm a compulsive overeater from Long Island, New York. Um, the part that stuck out to me this morning is we who have traveled this dubious path beg you to lay aside prejudice. And, um, you know, I was so prejudiced against everything. Um, you know, I, 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 realized, I, I realized now that um, when, I first, when I took the first step um, that I was powerless over food, that I had it so compartmentalized that I knew I was powerless over the food, but I thought that my mind and my intelligence were could still do things, you know. And I've had to be, um, through a number of relapses, I've had to be really humbled to know that I am not in charge, you know, that there is a power greater than myself. And when I think I'm in charge, I'm in very deep trouble, you know. I have... Uh, Recently, I relapsed about six weeks ago, but I've come back, and um, I'm now working on my ninth step amends. And, um, you know, some of them have gone amazingly. Some of them, you know, less than I'd hoped for. But at the same time, after them, I know that I have, you know, been honest with people. Uh, Perhaps I'm telling them things that they never knew about, but that I know... um, I was harmful to them. And in that, I am laying aside my prejudice, thinking that I know what's best for everyone. And I don't know what's best for everyone. I barely, I don't know what's best for me. So I know that I have to uh, rely on my higher power um, in all my decisions and in everything that I do every day. Um, And I'm so grateful for this meeting because um, it brings me um, knowledge and and, uh, power beyond myself. And um, and with that, I pass. Thank you. Thank you. Excuse me. Thank you, Leslie M. Carly Z. It's your turn. Hi, everybody. This is Carly Z, recovering compulsive overeater, anorexic bulimic in New York. And this is my first time sharing on this meeting, and I'm so grateful. I've been listening for a couple months now, and um, I'm really getting started working the program with a sponsor. Um, and I love this, these two paragraphs, um, which jumped out at me was people of faith have a logical idea of what life is all about. Uh, actually we used to have no reasonable conception, whatever. And that's that, um, that there was something about use. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, persons of all races, colors, and creeds were demonstrating a degree of stability, happiness, and usefulness which we should have sought ourselves. And to me, I was always searching for that way of being useful. I thought I was being useful. I thought I was being kind to people. I thought I was being good. And 
I never really felt that because my um, connection with a higher power was blocked, but I always was attracted to a higher power. I went to, uh, I went to a religious um, grade school where we had a period of prayer every, um, every day. And I always felt a connection during that period. And I would get pretty um, involved in the prayer and my classmates who <laughs> were not as involved um, would make fun of me. And I think gradually I, I kind of disconnected from that God because of the peer pressure. And I remember when I came into another room um, seven years ago, well, not seven years ago. Yeah. Almost seven years ago. Um, we, uh, I, I reestablished my connection with that power that I knew as a child and um, it felt so comforting and wonderful. And um, to just be, oh, to just be made aware that my prejudices and my judgments and my cynical thoughts about people of faith, it's such a, it's so judgmental to think that millions and millions of people are wrong in the way that they believe. And I've even, I've even come to the thought that even if, you know, even if God isn't real, even if the agnostics are right, I would rather live this way of life because it brings me peace. And it's the only way I feel peace left to my own devices. I feel obsession. I feel self-hatred. I feel judgment. I feel cynicism. I feel, uh, restless, irritable, and discontent. And I want the solution to that. So I'm willing to believe in a power greater than myself. So with that, I'll pass. Thanks. Thank you, Carly Z. And we've got five minutes. Time for two shares. Who would like it? Nancy T. Nancy. One more person. Sandy S. Sandy S or F? S isn't Sandy. Thank you. <laughs> All right, Nancy T, you're up, and then it'll be Sandy. Thank you, Monica. Good morning, Nancy T, recovered compulsive overeater in Lewiston, Idaho. You know what jumps out at me here is that the this the message in these couple of paragraphs to me is the same as it um, as we a common thread, I guess, is what we're hearing throughout the Big Book and the instructions in the Big Book. And the first one, I know it's referring to the agnostics and atheists who choose to believe that our human intelligence was the last word. But boy, that was me too. I always thought I knew the last word, not just on religion, either on everything. My ego was the size of Texas, as we've heard said. Um, I liked to be right. And I liked to explain why I thought I was right. And religion was really no exception to everything else. My problem was my ego and my pride and I was vain. Um, and I like it says, we who traveled this dubious path, meaning dubious, meaning doubtful, you know, doubtful that that's going to work for us. It didn't work for me. Um, and it's asking us to lay aside prejudice, which for me is another word also for judgment, though. You know, it was so easy for me to be judgment, judgmental about that which I didn't understand. And I didn't understand religion. I thought I had tried religion and it didn't work for me. What I really had was a whole lot of insecurities um, about what religion is, about who and what God is. And what I thought I understood, what I thought I was taught hadn't worked for me. So I just um, assumed that there was something broken in me. And I didn't give it a fair chance at all. 
um, didn't give it a fair chance. And then these other people that I saw that it worked for them, I had jealousy. I had, um, and then I was judgmental. It was, you know, poke fun at them because then I don't have to look at me. Same as I did with everything else. Uh, my other character defects are just poking out here. And then the second paragraph that we read, it's really um, directing us towards acceptance of others. You know, all these people, whether it be religion that brought them this peace and serenity and contentment, they seem to have, and they call it stability, but isn't that peace, serenity, and contentment in life? They seem to have found a way where they can be okay in their own skin. Um, and I had not found that. I had struggled, and not just in the, like I said, not just in the area of religion, but um, many areas of my la- life. So um, I'm grateful today that I don't have to be right about everything, including religion. I am so not right. All I know is that I'm on a path and I'm continually seeking to know and do the will of my higher power better each day. Um, thank you so much for the meeting today. Thank you for all being here and um, I'll pass. Thank you, Nancy T. Sandy S. It's your turn. Yeah, hi. Thanks. This is Sandy S., recovered compulsive overeater from uh, Asheville, North Carolina. Often, you know, I viewed other people as my higher power. You know, I just love this part. Instead of regarding ourselves as intelligent agents, spearheads of God, ever advancing creation, we chose to believe that our intelligence was the last word, the Alpha and the Omega. And for some perverse reason, I felt like someone else's intelligence was the last word, not me, but I had to find that right someone who, um, you know, who would sort of like say something that would totally transform me. And, uh, you know, I've come to the realization through my fourth step, like there is no other human being that could be my higher power, you know, no matter how, you know, prejudiced I am. I mean, I'm really stuck on that idea that there's some other human being who has it all together, that if I could just suck it out of them, that I would be okay. And, uh, you know, I just have to be willing to let go of that idea, that there is no human power, and that I must, just all I must do is be willing to believe that there is a higher power and open to the demonstration of that higher power in my life. I think that's the big thing. You know, I really get it. You know, I, I 100% took step one, but I still, after many, many years, struggle with step two. You know, it's a little annoying. I'd like to believe. I mean, I've had many demonstrations of that. And all I can do at this point is just be open and willing to God's slowly transforming my personality. It's been a slow evolution. But my job is just to recognize that every day, to really appreciate the changes, the little changes I see in myself that definitely it's not coming from another human being. It's definitely coming from a higher power. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Sandy S. We, the first 100 recovered alcoholics who have traveled this dubious, uncertain path of doubt, beg you to lay aside your old ideas. My old ideas Got me start graving abstinent, 230 pounds. Do, and with working the steps, that's not the same anymore. Okay, thank you to everyone who has shared. Please join us for a second unrecorded hour of study immediately following closing.
And our share ID for today is 11,273-11273. We will now close with the reading from the big book on page 164, followed by the serenity prayer. And Martha Z, could you read for us, please, from page 164? Thanks, Monica. This is Martha Z. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater by the grace of God from outside of Philadelphia. Um, Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right, and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then.